Hi, I'm Susie Burrell. And I'm Leanne Ward. And welcome to The Nutrition Couch, a weekly podcast from two of Australia's leading dietitians, bringing you everything that is new in the world of nutrition, diets, and good food. From The Nutrition Couch today, the latest food craze on TikTok, is Lizzo's cereal something we all should be making? Our client case study is looking at weight loss shakes. Are you using them the right way? Leanne has found some lower-carb pizza bases that will help turn your favourite pizza into a healthy option. And our listener question is all about milk. There are so many out there. How do you choose the right one? But to start us this week, Leanne, you've got some big news to share with our listeners. Yeah, Susie, we just bought a house. I'm so excited. So as some of our listeners will know, I'm up here in Brisbane. The property market at the moment is ridiculous, but we're very, very stoked to have our very own place and moving out of our townhouse very soon. Very exciting, but a lot of work. Oh yeah. So we don't know if we're going to renovate or just it's too far gone and we're just going to knock down and completely rebuild. So time will tell. (laughs) Very exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. But it's also been a big week on TikTok. Mm. Now I'm not a massive TikTok user. I'm sure that will change. Um, as it gets bigger and bigger out there, but you are you're big on TikTok. Mm. Tell us what is happening with what's the latest food craze? Yes, that you've Susie, seen? the TikTok trend of the week is really around Lizzo's Nature cereal. So let me explain for our listeners at home what it is. It's basically some coconut water with some fresh berries in a bowl. She's got some berries, she's got some cranberries, and she's also then put some ice cubes in it. So essentially she's called it nature cereal, nothing healthier, nothing more fresh, nothing, you know, closer to nature. And uh, yeah, people are going nuts for it, Susie. It's trending all over TikTok. It's trending. It's breaking the internet. And it's literally, I looked at it and I was like, it's fruit and ice in coconut water. I don't get it, but people are going nuts for it. <laughs> It'd be pretty refreshing. It would be lovely and refreshing, but I just I couldn't see it as a as a balanced substitute for breakfast. For me, it's really lacking that protein and fiber. And breakfast is one of my favorite meals of the day. And if I don't eat something substantial, I'm hungry literally by 7.30, about half an hour later. So Because there's no cereal grains in it, so you're not getting any dietary fiber really. Well, you're getting some from the berries, I guess, but none from Very any minimal. grains and mm. none of that full factor. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it would be light and refreshing, but I couldn't have it definitely. It would be hard on your teeth. Yeah, yeah. They're chewing these like huge ice cubes down whole as well. So for me, I see it as a really lovely, refreshing summer, um, almost like a snack, I think, rather than a, a meal replacement and definitely not not comparative to cereal, I would say. There are definitely some terrible cereal options on the market, but there are actually some good ones these days as well. So for me, it, I wouldn't really see it as a replacement to cereal, but lovely and refreshing for summer, I would think. And if I'm thinking about with clients that I do recommend cereals for, you know, there's definitely some amazing ones with digestive health benefits. Mm. You know, if someone's got, you know, chronic constipation or upset tummy, getting some of that really good cereal fiber can be a really strategic way to make them basically feel better and get their digestive system working. And I think you'd be more familiar with this than I am, but my understanding is TikTok's full of a lot of younger people, like a lot of sort of schoolgirls. And Mm -hmm. I guess the concern with celebrities giving that kind of dietary Mm. suggestion and advice is that it's teaching young girls, for example, potentially quite vulnerable when it comes to disordered eating. Mm. You know, I think it it could potentially be a little bit of a concern. So keep an eye on what the kids are are watching. The last Mm -hmm. thing you want is your growing teenage daughter suddenly munching on a bowl of ice and berries berries. when they need a substantial breakfast. So I guess that's the other little slight concern I have with that when any celebrity is giving some kind of advice that to impressionable teens a hundred percent and the other thing I think is how many people are going to break their teeth on those ice cubes 
Absolutely. <laughs> very expensive. Absolutely. So, <laughs> and now, Susie, um, our listener question of the week is around um, meal replacements, weight loss shakes. Should we be using them? What are the best types? Um, do you want to chat about a case study with us today? It was just by chance, and this often happens when you're talking to people, and this wasn't specifically a client of mine. It was more a friend, and she's a friend of mine. I've been friends a long time. She's in her 50s, and she just did mention that she was trying to lose weight. And she's quite a small frame, like at her fighting weight, I'd say she's about 49 kilos. So very, very small. She's probably weighing about 53, 54. But for her, that's quite significant because of course, the smaller you are, the the Mm. kilos really, she's very quite small. And she said that it hadn't been working. She'd bought a, a meal replacement product. And when she went through what she'd been eating, she'd been having two of these meal replacement shakes per day. I think it was the lady shake. Mm-hmm. One in the morning that she was adding some yogurt, coconut yogurt to some berries, some seeds, some chia. Mm-hmm. And then she was having, she's vegetarian, so a fairly healthy lunch of a, some sort of salad, some nuts in the afternoon. And then she was often having a second shake per day. Mm-hmm. And just when I was doing a quick macronutrient calculation, sort of how much protein is she having, how much carbohydrate, I had a look and that specific product had 28 grams of protein per serve. Mm, now, a meal replacement shake for our listeners is a product that has been scientifically formulated to replicate the nutrients of a meal as if you were having a steak and veggies in much lower form of calories. So the average meal replacement product, and they're all pretty similar, will have about 200 calories, mm-hmm. which is a very small meal and hence supportive of weight loss, particularly when they're consumed as a complete meal replacement. Mm-hmm. And I guess the thing for me though was that I thought 28 grams of protein in a single meal replacement shake, that's not without the milk added, that's not without the yogurt added, was quite a lot. So when I calculated for my friend, given that she's five foot nothing, she was having two of those a day, so that's instantly 56 grams of protein, Mm -hmm. plus all the other protein she would have been having from nuts and adding some milk or some coconut yogurt to that mix. So she was, I worked out having sort of 70, 80 grams of protein. Now, even at an upper recommended limit of a gram of protein per kilo, she was 20, 30 grams more than she even needed to be her ideal weight of 49, 50 kilos. And I thought it was worth a bit of a chat because so often clients we're talking to or people interested in weight loss will go to a pharmacy or go to a supermarket and pick up a weight loss product but it doesn't always mean that it's specific enough for the individual. Mm. What is your experience with meal replacement Mm. shakes and particularly with women? Yeah, in my experience, I find that I've had clients in the past use them and it's more that they're so hungry afterwards that they're eating additional on top of it, which sort of defeats the purpose as well. So yes, they can, I mean, they've been scientifically formulated to give us some good nutrition, uh, you know, better choices than maybe some sugary cereal or something like that. But a lot of the times, if you're going to then add additional calories on top of that, they sort of defeat the purpose. And for me, just drinking like a cup of fluid isn't going to cut it in the morning. Like for me, it's just not substantial enough to actually fill me up, which is going to drive me to eat more and snack more later. And I think the thing is a lot of times people will add healthy ingredients to these shakes, you know, nuts, seeds, nut butters, coconut water, whatever it is. And that's all well and good, but healthy is different to fat loss. And that's one of my favorite quotes because something can be healthy, but not actually helpful for us for fat loss, particularly when it comes to fats, because they are quite energy dense. So, well, that was exactly what was happening because she started with this 200 calorie shake Mm. and then she's adding coconut yogurt, which is really high in fat, so high in calories. 
berries plus chia, which again is really good for us, but really mm. high in calories. Pros, I think she put a banana. So her 200 calorie meal replacement was well, actually turning 400. out to a 400, 500 calorie breakfast, which is far more than if she had a couple of slices of toast and two eggs yeah. and probably would have been better for weight loss. So I think just it's a good reminder that First of all, weight loss is not a one-size-fits-all model. Mm -hmm. A meal replacement shake can be used, but it's got to be used the right way. And third, I would say for women in particular, my small females who are that five foot nothing, you know, ideally weighing between 50 and 60 kilos, the upper recommended limit is about a gram per kilo of protein. So for me, 28 grams of protein in a a single meal replacement is a bit on the high side, and I tend to go for about 20, and that gives you a little bit of room to move if you're adding milk to it. So just be aware that the product, sometimes it's worth a bit of a check before you're using them again. Mm -hmm. And there are some definitely um, higher protein recommendations for some of our athletes out there. But in this case or in this situation, I think about a a gram to 1.2 would have been absolutely more than enough because more protein definitely isn't always better, which is sometimes a message we receive from the media, isn't it, Susie? A hundred percent. All right, well, moving on to more exciting things, because I think this is a product that so many listeners will love to hear about. Mm. We all love pizza. Who Absolutely. doesn't love pizza? Absolutely. But, you know, it does tend to be a little bit on the high carb side, particularly if you're having a, a big one that you buy away from the home or even, you know, making one on a Lebanese base, you're going to get between, say, 48 and 60 grams of carbs. But you have found a brand new pizza base for us which is going to revolutionise the way we enjoy pizza. I have. I was at Woolworths the other day, Susie, and I picked up a high-protein pizza base, and it sparked my interest because, you know, protein is is good for fat loss and for maintaining our muscle mass helps us metabolically. Again, we don't need protein in absolutely everything, but on a pizza, typically, we've got sometimes vegetarians, for example, or I love just popping some veggies onto a pizza, but again, most of the time, it lacks that protein. So finding a base with the extra protein in it very much intrigued me. It was a bit lower carb as well. So the brand was actually just Woolworths. So it was Woolworths home brand. It was called Thin Crust High Protein Pizza Bases. You got two per packet. And um, the nutritional information on that was actually pretty good as well. Like it was quite high in fiber, a little bit lower carbohydrates and higher in protein than what a standard pizza base would be as well. And so what was in it? What was making, giving those nutritionals, what was the base? Yeah, so the main ingredient was wholemeal wheat flour and also modified wheat starch, wheat gluten and wheat protein isolate, which I think is from that higher protein. So in each pizza, one base was 270 calories with close to 15 grams of protein, 22 grams of carbs and 19.6 grams of fiber, which is whopping. That is a really positive profile because I'm just thinking that if you then use that so less than 300 calories, you know, a small meal in itself, admittedly, but those mm. levels of carbohydrate and protein are very strong. The fiber is huge. So you're going to feel a lot fuller. Like mm. to give you a reference, if you had a wholemeal Lebanese bread, you'd be getting what, four grams of fiber? At best, I think. So it's really going to be a much more filling option. And then if you had as, that as a vegetarian pizza, so had your capsicum and your mushrooms, your zucchini, all quite low calorie veggies with a little bit of a white cheese, a ricotta, a feta, you know, that is actually going to be a really low-calorie meal overall and you and can, you can have the, whole, the thing. whole thing. Exactly, and that's the most <laughs> important part, Susie. You can actually eat the whole pizza brace. Nothing breaks my heart more when I have to give clients, you know, you could have two or three slices and they're like, can I eat the whole thing? I'm like, sorry, like it's just too high-calorie to, to promote fat loss for you. So the fact that I found these makes me very, very excited and we definitely are recommending more of a plant-forward style of eating, particularly for our gut health. There's so many wonderful benefits of focusing more on plants within our diet. So you 
using these as a vegetarian pizza option is is wonderful, I think. Because, yeah, I absolutely with those calories could factor that in as a meal a week and still be clocking in definitely less than 400 calories, which is great. How much were they? What did oh, they retail at? They're actually pretty reasonable. I was surprised. So $5 um, for a two-pack. Fantastic. Well done, yeah. Woolies. And just in the yeah. regular bread section. Yeah, that were where the wraps and the pizza bases were is where I found them. Yeah, and I've been to a couple of Woolworths up here in, in Brisbane now and they've been in each one. So I don't think it was a one-off sort of product and I hope that Woolworths continues to stock them. Fantastic. Yeah, and find. we will put, because we're always trying to track down these products, we will put an image of those both on our Instagram and our Facebook page at the end of this mm-hmm. episode so you can track them down too. And if you make any of the recipes using it, put a post up. We'd love to see what you come up with mm. because they're a really strong product nutritionally. And on socials, we are at the Nutrition Couch Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook as well. So moving on, Susie, uh, we're up to our listener question. So our listener question of the week is what type of milk is best and should I be drinking, Susie? Any thoughts on milks? Because if you walked into a supermarket aisle, what are we at? Maybe 30, 40 <laughs> different types of milk in the long life section. It's it's a little bit ridiculous, isn't it? Oh, and the first thing I do want to say is, can we all please acknowledge that a lot of them aren't actually technically milk? You know, it for should it be to M-Y-L-K, be... shouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, plant milk. So it does need to come from actual mammary Millions. glands yes. <laughs> to be considered milk. So it's a bit of a spin on words. And what I would describe sort of plant-based milks, whether it's rice or um, almond milk, I call them kind of more nut or grain waters, really. If you look at the nutritional, it's often quite a low percentage of the ingredient, three, maybe 6% of the nut or the grain, a lot with a lot of water and often a little bit of oil and sugar to get it to Mm -hmm. mix together and be at least a little bit like the consistency of milk. Now, When it comes to food choices, and you'll be the same with your clients, at the end of the day, people might have preferences. They may also have dietary intolerances. So they they might find that dairy, for example, doesn't agree with them or soy doesn't agree. But what, what we do want to be quite clear on is nutritionally, the milks that mimic the non cow's milk that mimics it is soy, really. Soy is the only one that comes close in protein. And if it's fortified with calcium, close to those key nutrients that you're finding cow's milk. And as such, if clients are happy to have that, will tolerate it. My first two preferences does tend to be a reduced fat cow's milk just to take out a little bit of that saturated fat or soy is the next best choice nutritionally. But then, of course, we've got the oat milk, the coconut milk, the rice milk, the almond milk. Give me some thoughts on those. So yeah, so for me, it's, it's it's a taste thing, you know. I do I don't drink a lot of milk, but I do definitely have at least one milky coffee a day. Occasionally, uh, Susie, we got up very early this morning to start podcasting, so I will probably have two milky coffees today. <laughs> um, I don't. I have a bit of lactose intolerance, so I tolerate a small amount of dairy, and I love to have yogurt or cheese most days, um, and softer type of cheeses as well, with a bit more lactose than what a hard cheese does. So my lactose intolerance sort of stops me at having you know a full cup of milk in my coffee. So probably my preference would be a skim milk if I got coffee, but I actually drink soy milk I actually quite enjoy the nutty taste of it and the protein really keeps me full in soy milk which when you're looking at your milk alternatives um, very very low in protein is probably the biggest thing and if you're going to have that as a snack choice you really do want that protein to just fill you up and keep you satisfied don't you and do you use a lot because this is another question mm. a lot of the soy is full strength which means yes. it's got quite a relatively high amount of plant fat in it. I think mm-hmm. it's about 10 grams mm-hmm. per serve. Do you seek out a light soy or recommend do. you do? Yeah. So you I, I use out. a light soy milk. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. That's my preference again as well. And then I think when it comes to rice or oat or to me, it's more they sort of sit in that space of 
formulated foods. They're not offering me a huge amount of protein. So what I think the message is for people, if that's your personal choice or you need to choose those because of intolerances, I'm always looking for an unsweetened variety. Always, and be yeah. careful when you go to coffee shops because often the almond milk in particular and the oat milks they use are not – they're sweetened because they taste better. And they're the barista type, which is a lot higher calories. So a lot of people are ordering almond milk coffees because the unsweetened almond milk you might buy in the supermarket might only be 40 calories a cup, but the barista sweetened almond milk that you're generally getting in the majority of cafes is – more if not you know similar if not more calories than just using skim milk so and if you're, that's why you're doing that so yeah you're doing that just for weight loss it's probably the the wrong call <laughs> so but if you're doing that because you love almond milk and that's the only one you can tolerate fair enough but so look at if you're choosing your own look for unsweetened and just check what the brist is using because I guarantee you it's probably the sweetened variety and the other key thing particularly for children and teenagers you've got to make sure they've got a decent serve of calcium and there are still a handful of oat milks and almond that don't have added calcium now as a reference you get about 300 milligrams of calcium from a serve of cow's milk and most soy milks are now fortified but not all of the others so absolutely that is imperative that you check that because we do see people with bone issues over time and calcium intake in Australia does tend to be a bit on the low side and that's particularly the case for people who don't include a lot of milk or dairy or specifically plant milks that aren't fortified. Couldn't agree more definitely choose an unsweetened variety and something that's fortified with particularly calcium definitely. Absolutely so we're almost at the end so we always have a weekly wrap-up and something that we're kind of a bit obsessed with Mm. and this week you've got something to share. What am I obsessed with this week, Susie? Um, I started, I don't watch a lot of TV for our listeners at home. I'm, I'm quite busy and if I do like to relax, I like to go for a walk or read a book or, you know, catch up with friends or reply to questions on my socials, that sort of thing. So for me, it's quite rare for me to turn on a Netflix series. And I think just with all everything that was happening with Megan and Harry, I sort of went, you know what, where did Megan Markle start? Where did she come from? So I turned on Suits and I must say, Susie, I'm a bit obsessed. My husband, David's a lawyer and, you know, he can't watch it. He just goes, I cringe while I'm watching watching it, but it's just so easy and so lighthearted to watch. So if you haven't tuned in, um, I think I'm probably a couple of years late. There's about nine seasons I'm catching up on, but it is, it's, I'm enjoying it. It's really fun. It's, it's really easy to watch. Very much enjoying it. Of all the things I thought you were going to talk about, that was not what I was going to say, because I think that series is like... It's a lot of years old, yeah? Yeah, it's very old. It. Yeah, I haven't yeah. watched it either, but I will say I do like to have a series on the go and I particularly <laughs> like it when you know there's several seasons to watch. Yes. And yeah. coming into winter, maybe not a bad idea. So Suits is the thing. I'll give it a go next week. I'm going to watch one just to see um, because I could do with a new series and the fact there's nine is, is doing it for me. So exactly. I'm going to take that recommendation and go, but I'm sure plenty of people will be rolling their eyes right now because you're like 10 years behind, I reckon. Yeah, well, I love that there's nine <laughs> seasons. I started, you know, I have probably got told 15 times to watch was it Bridgerton um the more the olden day whatever it was it was only one season of it and I got to the end I think I kind of again I rarely watch something and if I do I'm definitely going to binge watch it in the space of about two or three days and I did that and it was over and I was like well what now I have to wait nine months for a second season so my preference is always to watch something that's older that I know that there's been multiple seasons for so it stood the test of time it's got to be good if it keeps coming back you know so that's that's my recommendation and my obsession this week guys I love it great (laughs) so that wraps us up on the nutrition couch this week please follow us on our social media profile so we are at the nutrition couch podcast on instagram and facebook um, send us through your listener questions send us some products to review that you find in the supermarket we would love to hear your feedback guys um, hit us up on social media make sure you give us a follow at the nutrition couch podcast and we will chat to you on the nutrition couch next week bye